I think starting of the masks, Barb Murphy came down to games one night, right early before we were shut down. And she had fabric with cards on it and she made us each a mask. <laughs> so we were wearing them as a joke, you know. <laughs> well, it didn't last, <laughs> you know, it became real. And so we started making them. This is a show where we'll explore what it means to retire with purpose, to make a difference, to invest in your family, your community, to live to your full potential and explore abundant opportunities to live with purpose and community. From Garden Spot Communities in New Holland, Pennsylvania, welcome to Purpose in Retirement. Hello, I'm Scott Miller, the Chief Marketing Officer at Garden Spot Communities. And I'm Juanita Fox, the storyteller. There are so many crazy things about 2020. If you had told me that we would need to worry about those things on January 1st, I never would have believed you. Like a shortage of toilet paper? Yeah, and masks. Did you ever imagine that we would need to wear masks to go to work, the grocery store, literally everywhere? No. We have faced so many challenges in 2020. One of the challenges early on in the pandemic, because we offer a continuum of care in our retirement community, was simply securing PPE. Masks, gowns, goggles, thermometers, you name it. You're absolutely right. We've always tried to think outside of the box when it comes to securing the PPE for our team members and our care areas. And when we started to take temperatures um, for the team members before they started their shifts, like we couldn't buy thermometers. All of our regular vendors had these really long back orders. So we reached out to the local school district and because they didn't have a school, um, they were able to share their thermometers with us and masks. When we couldn't buy them, we made them. Hager told a little bit of the story in the opening, but the reality is she and Barb mobilized their crafters group to make thousands of masks for the retirement community where they live, for other local organizations, and even the New Holland Elementary School. The biggest undertaking was sewing 400 gowns. Hager will talk a little bit about that too, but essentially as a precaution, we needed to secure protective gowns for our nurses just in case we had a COVID outbreak. Thankfully, we didn't, um, but we couldn't buy them, so we decided to source the material and make our own. Hager and her friends spent hours working to protect their community. Garden Spot Communities is pleased to partner with Mennonite Disaster Service. In April 2020, Mennonite Disaster Service mobilized a network of sewers in Lancaster County to make masks for hospitals, doctor's offices, retirement communities, and other organizations. They joined forces with Wellspan Health, a regional health system in central Pennsylvania. Garden Spot Sewers joined the initiative. Together, the organizations joined the National 100 Million Mask Challenge. To learn how you can support this nationwide initiative, Click the link in the podcast description or visit www.100millionmasks.org. Hey, Hager, thanks for coming in and joining us today. Can you tell us a little bit about um, you and your work experience uh, before you moved to a retirement community? Yep, I can. Um, I grew up in Chester County and went to school in Lancaster, and then I worked my way across the country and lived on the West Coast for about 35 years. I was a nurse for 50 years without stopping. Wow. So that's a long time. And I, the day I retired, I said, that's it. 
the, the license gets retired too, and I'm going to do something totally different. So that's what I did. And I, I opened a bed and breakfast in Lidditz, and it was great fun. I did that for about 13 years, and then downsized, and then came here to Garden Spot when I couldn't do the yard anymore. It was just a duplex, and the yard wasn't very big, but I realized I couldn't run the mower, and that and the sweeping, the vacuum. And I said, don't have to do this anymore, so here I am. (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about that, uh, moving across the country as a nurse. What what, What did you mean by that? Well, I finished school in 1962, you could go anywhere and they'd say, oh, could you start tomorrow? Today you can't do that. Everything's so specialized and they don't hire RNs here, they don't hire LPNs there, da-da-da-da-da, you know. So I went, I was working in Lebanon and my, one of my childhood friends was in Philly and she said my roommate's moving why don't you come down here so I went and worked at Lankanal and then another friend said this is three years later she said let's go somewhere so (laughs) off to Cleveland we went I worked at the Cleveland Clinic and then we decided okay and three of us four of us went to San Francisco and then we sort of split up and and I stayed there and I was there for a number of years and then moved up to Sonoma County and went back to school. And then when I got married, I went to Portland, and I was there for 13 years and then came back. Okay. So it, it, you just sort of could go anywhere and work. Um, if you didn't like your job, you said, I don't like this, I'm going elsewhere, and you went somewhere else, and they'd say, fine, here you are. Great. Uh, that yeah. is some really cool yeah. life experiences in yeah. that. You know, you've been. You said you lived in Linnitz, right? There yes. are a lot of retirement communities in this area. What drew you to a Garden Spot? Well, I had worked when I first moved back here. I needed a job, and I worked at Brethren Village for I don't know three or four years, and then worked in an office for a number of years, and retired from there and about six months later I said okay the to do list is done now what and I saw an ad so I went back to an office and it was just too much and so I went to another retirement community I went to Pleasant View and I was there for about six years part-time as 3 to 11 supervisor so I saw how things ran but a couple of my cousins were here, so I signed up. So here I am. The thing that that intrigues me about that is that you were very familiar with the continuing care retirement community yes. model, right? Um, and that appealed to you. Why? Yes. Well, because I don't have kids. I have stepchildren on the West Coast, but I don't have kids here to take care of me. I have a ton of family, but. You know, you can't impose on everyone. And um, when I was at Pleasant View, a group of us came down here to check on the skilled areas, and that was really very interesting when they first did the model they're the doing households. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you want to just talk a little bit about the household model 
and what that meant. You know, we were coming from outside looking into what Garden Spot was doing at that point. What was what felt special about that? I think it was the setup, the kitchen being there, the dining area being there. They had a living room. Um, it, it wasn't like walking down a hospital hall. That That's the biggie. So yeah. that when you're in skilled nursing, it doesn't feel like you're in a hospital. It right. feels like you're in a home. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what are some of the things that you've picked up? You said you, you retired the nurse's hat, right? And you picked yeah. up some things here. What, what are some of those things that you've picked up? Well, I first of all went to crafts. Okay. So making penny rugs, that was a new thing, the, the wool applique and whatever else, uh, bowl cozies. And then I started going to quilting, so I've been quilting. Um, do the garden. I do the ladies' night movie and on the movie committee thing. There was something. Oh, and I do tours for prospective residents. That's fun. You were involved in a lot of different things, and then March came along and COVID, and so how did things change? I think the biggest thing was the dinner group because we, a group of us met for dinner every night, so you couldn't do that. But at least you got to see people because you could go up and get food. Everything was so well organized that you didn't lack for anything, but you could still see people. You know, it's a hello, goodbye thing, but it was that's social when you have nothing. And that was good. And then you had your regular stuff to do. I mean, there's a stash of fabric there. So I did manage to make a quilt along with masks and more masks. And and I do some calligraphy, so I got some of that done and made some cards and odds and ends of things. You keep busy. But after a while, you get a little stir-crazy and you think, get me out of here. <laughs> but at least we could go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And they're wonderful walking pants. And then, then the garden started, so... And I have a garden, so that really made a difference. Yeah. What was it about the garden specifically that made a difference for you? Oh, you get outside, get some physical activity going. Yeah. The hard part was finding the plants because you didn't want to go to nurseries. So they were late getting in, but we got them. So you mentioned masks. <laughs> How many masks have you made, Hager? <laughs> I've probably made about 300 <laughs> masks, but, you know, Betty Bolayer has probably made a 1,000 or more. And, and you know, people, some people have just really pumped them out. Yeah. So how did, so how did that whole, the, the masks, the gowns, if you can tell us a little bit about that, how did that create community? Um, I think the the... Starting of the masks, Barb Murphy came down to games one night, right early before we were shut down. And she had fabric with cards on it, and she made us each a mask. <laughs> so we were wearing them as a joke, you know. <laughs> well, it didn't last. <laughs> you know, it became real. And so we started making them, and then how did I don't remember how we got into oh yes Colleen said 
um, could you make, I think it was 600 for skilled and personal care? And we said, oh, yeah. So she got the stuff, the the, the interfacing and the elastic, and we used some of our own fabric and some from down in the quilt room, whatever was appropriate. And there were like 13 people that I know of sewing, and we met that goal. And then the residents wanted them. And so people were making them for their courts, and we were making them here. And so then it became, okay, give a donation to the Benevolent Fund. And I think I've turned over $600 or so to her for the Benevolent Fund just from, I mean, we've given them away. People give, oh, I have $2. That's fine. I've ha I have five. Oh, here, keep 10. You know, it, it it's just whatever people wanted to do. So that was good. What is the role of the Benevolent Fund here at Garden Spot Village? To help people who, in skilled, who, I guess, in independent too, who run out of money. So it's one of the ways that the community can bless each other right. and and maintain that community and, and make sure everyone can be in their home. Right. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, that's probably most nonprofit retirement communities have benevolent funds. And so the residents help to contribute to support their community um, and their neighbors. I, I think I heard through the grapevine that you were involved in making some gowns for for skilled nursing as well. Can you talk a little bit about that project? I don't know that how much you were a part of that, but I know you were a part of that group at least. I didn't do a whole lot. By then I was sewn out. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so the first in the beginning other people did that and then I did help cut gowns and in the end I made packets for people to take off and sew. But there were a lot of people doing the gowns. And know? what was that initiative around? What was the goal and and how did we get there? I think it was difficult for them to get gowns for skilled, and Steve found some fabric somewhere and said, we could make our own, and it worked. So Colleen, again, recruited the sewers, and people took the bait and ran, <laughs> and it always works. Yeah, and so the gowns were really for the staff. It was a, yes. a protective, like protective equipment. Yes. Um, it was difficult to resource any PPE right. in April and May, right? And so I think it was an opportunity for this community to kind of think outside the box. So we can't buy it. Can we make it? And mm -hmm. we had the we could get the raw materials, and we had folks who were willing to help out. Mm -hmm. And so combining those two, we were able to provide the protective equipment that our team members and our staff and our nurses needed in the case that we would have a COVID outbreak. Thankfully, we haven't needed them as much as we may have needed them, um, but we were prepared, and mm -hmm. it was an opportunity for us to prepare ourselves um, when it felt like there wasn't the resources that we needed completed. We were able to do it on our own. And I think they made 450 total. Wow, that's amazing. That's a lot. That's a lot of gowns. Yeah. One of the things people have been talking to us a little bit about, um, if you could just reflect on, if you think about what it was like to live um, in the community at large when you, you know, before you lived at Garden Spot Village, um, you know, what do you think it would have been like if you lived there currently as opposed to at, at in a retirement community during the pandemic? I think it would have been much more difficult just in getting food. 
I mean, did you really want to go into a grocery store? And it, 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 I think that would be the big thing, the big horror show, really. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think mainly it would be getting food and supplies. Um, you could still walk your dog or visit with a neighbor down the street outside, but it, that's a little different than having dinner. And I had friends, we, we would walk the dogs every night. And then I'd, I'd call one of them and say, I'm cooking, do you want to come for dinner? Yes, I'll be right there. <laughs> she hated to cook. But <laughs> I think that would be a, the, the worst part. That and getting places. I mean, you, there was no place to go. Yeah. And at least here you could wander and see people. So were there any ways that you built community? You talked about, you know, I'm cooking dinner and your friend came over. Were there other opportunities like that that you did um, for your neighbors or family here at Garden Spot? Yep. I baked a lot. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't gain 200 pounds. <laughs> One day I'd bake and dole things out, and another day somebody else would dole things out. And I'd, One of my cousins lives over in a cottage, and I'd say, I'd, I'd call him and say, what? And I'd say, brownies on the back porch when you take your walk. Be right there. <laughs> and so they would come it. and pick it up at your place. Yeah, nice. on, on, the, on the porch I'd put them. Yeah. So where do you live? <laughs> <laughs> this week we had brownies. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. So what would you say to someone who um, might be uncertain about, you know, a retirement community at this point in time um, because of, you know, the things that people have said in the news and, and all those types of things? What's been your experience? Well, the first thing I tell people is if you're going to a retirement community, look at skilled care because you might end up there. And you can have a beautiful apartment, a beautiful cottage, and then go to some dump of a skilled care area that doesn't care. So you have to look at that. And I'm amazed at the number of people who don't when they have a tour. They don't want to think about that end. And, and then all the, all the things we have at our fingertips. I mean, everything's here. You have trips, you have movies, you've got food, how many places, how many times a day. Uh, there's just everything. The game night, the quilting, the wood shop, you name it, it's here. What would you say to someone who's, who's thinking about it and kind of saying, ah, I'm not quite old enough to do this. I think I'll wait a couple more years. Oh, sign up now. You never know what two years is going to bring. If 2020 taught us anything, it was the value of community. So many people felt the mental and emotional strain of isolation as they sheltered in place and navigated online grocery ordering and food delivery by themselves. At Garden Spot, we sheltered in place with over a thousand people. While our movement was somewhat limited, there was always someone to talk to, miles of biking and walking trails to ride and walk, and access to online grocery ordering, food delivery, and more. People continue to volunteer, serve, teach, and socialize, all at a safe distance. If you never want to shelter in place alone again, visit gardenspotvillage.org to explore the abundant opportunities 
You have to live with purpose in community. When you think of how Hager and her friends mobilized to protect our community, it's a little overwhelming. And the thing is, they just did it because that's what you do in community. We summarized the five main ideas from our conversation with Hager in a PDF. She met the needs of the community by number one, sewing masks, number two, sewing gowns, number three, sewing more masks, number four, baking brownies, and number five, sharing dinner. The PDF is entitled Five Ways to Meet Needs in Community, and the link is in the podcast description. The PDF provides simple ways to meet needs in your community. Before we go, let's not forget the hot air balloon ride. That's right. Through June of 2021, if you contact us through our website, gardenspotcommunities.org, we will enter you into a drawing for a hot air balloon ride for two. Be sure to mention the podcast before you press submit. Again, contact us through our website, gardenspotcommunities.org, and we will enter you into a drawing for a hot air balloon ride for two. Contact us soon because the offer ends on June 30, 2021. Thank you for listening to Purpose in Retirement. I'm Scott Miller. And I'm Juanita Fox. Special thanks to Hager Scott. Our senior producer and host is Scott Miller. Our co-host is Juanita Fox, and our producer is Gavin Souter. In our next podcast, we'll hear from Fran Rapp. Fran's going to tell us how he served as a catalyst to engage in his community to try new things, even in the midst of COVID. 